So the three types we're going to focus on, number one. The Gemara Mishnah is where Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon issued rulings together and the halacha goes according to them. One of them being in terms of Archava, grafting. The Mishnah in Shvi is taught, we do not plant a tree, nor bend a vine and insert it into the ground, nor graft a branch onto an existing tree, less than 30 days before Shoshana, for it takes 30 days or something to take root. If one did, he must uproot it. Rebuta said, Any graft that does not take hold within three days will not subsequently take hold. Rabbi Yosem and Shimon say, the time it takes to take root, Ishtay Shabbosos, two weeks. Rav Nachman said in the name of Rabbi Baravua, the Tanakam who holds 30 days requires two periods of 30 days, since the 30 days before Shoshana already ushered to do Malacha because of Toso Shviz. Rabbi Yudo holds 30 days requires 33 days, and Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Shimon require two weeks and 30 days. Point number two, Shmuel said the Halachas with Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Shimon regarding Kiddush, rendering produce unfit regarding Kalayim. For it was taught in Mishnah and Kalayim, Ramir says, one who spreads his vine over the standing grain of his friend has rendered the grain unfit as Klai Kerem and as Klai for its loss. Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Shimon say, A person cannot render something prohibited unless it belongs to him. Tosos explains that this principle only applies with prohibitions that require intent, such as Kalim, but in cases that do not require intent, such as one putting Chalev or Nevela in his friend's pot of meat, the food certainly becomes forbidden. And point number three, in the Mishnah of Pei of Amadov, we learned that Rebuta holds that a tumtum whose genital covering was torn open and found to be a male should not perform Chalitza, because he's a Saris Vadai, a definite Saris. The Gemara here brings up rice where Yossi Rabbi Yehuda says that a tumshin should not perform chalitza for perhaps it will be torn open and found to be a sri's chama. The Gemara revises Rabbi Yossi to mean that perhaps it will be a female and even if it's a male, perhaps it will be discovered to be a sri's chama. Rabbi Yossi holds that he's only a suffix sri's. The Gemara asks what the nafkamin is between Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda and his father Rabbi Yehuda who holds that a tumtum is a definite sri's and Rabbi answers to disqualify the yamvama for yibum when there are other brothers, and to perform chalitza when there are no other brothers. According to Rabbi Yehuda, who holds these asris, vada, his act of chalitza has no validity, and she still may be taken yibum by the other brothers, whereas according to Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, it may have validity if he's not asris, comma. If there are no other brothers, Rabbi Yehuda says she does not require chalitza from him, whereas according to Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, she does, since he might not be asris, comma. So once again, the three points are number one, the Gemara list Mishnahites, where Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon issued rulings together, and the lecha goes according to them, and one of them being in terms of harchava, Grafting. The Mishnah in Shvi is taught, A notin de mabrichin me marchiven er shviz pachas mashoshim yom ritnei roshoshana. We do not plant a tree, nor bend a vine and insert it into the ground, nor graft a branch onto an existing tree, er shviz, less than 30 days before shoshana, for it takes 30 days or something to take root. If one did, he must uproot it. Rebuta said, any graft that does not take hold within three days will not subsequently take hold. Rabbi Yosem and Shimon say, the time it takes to take root, Ishte Shabbosos, two weeks. Rav Nachman said in the name of Rabbi Baravua, the Tanakam who holds 30 days requires two periods of 30 days, since the 30 days before Shoshana already ushered to do Malacha because of Toso Shviz. Rabbi Yudo holds 30 days requires 33 days, and Rabbi Yosem and Rabbi Shimon require two weeks and 30 days. Point number two, Shmuel said the halachas with Yosi and Rabbi regarding Kiddush, rendering produce unfit regarding Kalim. For it was taught in Mishnah and Kalim, 
Hamasachar Gafna or Gabi Tuwasu Shokhavero Harzikidish Vachai Bacharusu Dimir. Ramir says one who spreads his vine over the standing grain of his friend has rendered the grain unfit as Kai Kerim and as Kai for its loss. Rabbi Yosem and Rishimon say, A person cannot render something prohibited unless it belongs to him. Tosos explains that this principle only applies with prohibitions that require intent, such as climb. But in cases that do not require intent, such as one putting chelev or nevela in his friend's pot of meat, the food certainly becomes forbidden. And pointing between the Mishnah Daf Pei of Amadov, we learn that Rebuta holds that a tumtum whose genital covering was torn open and found to be a male should not perform chalitza, because he's a saris vadai, a definite saris. The Gemara here brings up rice where Yosi Rabbi Yehuda says that a tumtum should not perform chalitza, for perhaps he'll be torn open and found to be a saris chama. The Gemara revises Rabbi Yosi to mean that perhaps it will be a female, and even if it's a male, perhaps it will be discovered to be a saris chama. Rabbi Yossi holds that he's only a suffix reese. The Gemara asks what the nafka mean is between Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, and his father, Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that a tumtum is a definite reese. And Rabbi answers, to disqualify the Yambama for Yibum when there are other brothers and to perform Chalitza when there are no other brothers. According to Rabbi Yehuda, who holds these asris, Vada, his act of Chalitza has no validity and she still may be taken Yibum by the other brothers. Whereas according to Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, it may have validity if he's not asris Chama. If there are no other brothers, Rabbi says she does not require chalitza from him, whereas according to Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, she does, since he might not be a Sriz Chama. All right, so now we go to our Simmer Daf Pei Gimel, and our standard simon is a pogo stick, a pogo stick. So here goes. The farmer who uses pogo stick to jump up and grab a branch on a tree 44 days before Shaviz spotted a farmer spreading his vine over his tumtum neighbor's grain, who was distracted while being informed he should not perform chalitza. Once again, it's a motion. The farmer who uses pogo stick, pogo stick, that must be more enough, pay gimel. The farmer who uses pogo stick to jump up and grab a branch on a tree, 44 days before Shaviz, which reminds us, Gemara Gis Mishnai's where Yosem and Rishim issued rulings together and the lacha goes going to them. One of them being in terms of our chava, grafting. The one does not graft a branch on a tree two weeks before Shaviz, which is understood to mean 44 days before Shaviz, since the 30 days before Shaviz are already ushered to the malacha because of Tosva Shaviz. So the farmer who uses pogo stick to jump up and graft a branch on a tree 44 days before Shaviz spotted a farmer spreading his vine over his tumtum neighbor's grain. Which reminds us, Shmuel said the halakhas of Rabbi regarding Kiddush, rendering produce unfit regarding Klein. For Ustana Mishnah and Klein, Rabbi says one who spreads his vine over the standing grain of his friend has rendered the grain unfit as Klai Kerim and as Chai for its loss. Rabbi Yosri, Rabbi Shimon say, Ein adam A person cannot render something prohibited unless it belongs to him. And Tosos explains that this principle only applies with prohibitions that require intent, such as Kalim. But in cases that do not require intent, such as one putting Chalev or Nevela in his friend's pot of meat, the food certainly becomes forbidden. So the farmer uses pogo stick to jump up and graft a branch on a tree, 44 days before Shaviz spotted a farmer spreading his vine over his tumtum neighbor's grain, who was distracted while being informed he should not perform chalitza. Which reminds us that Rabbi Yudo holds that a tumtum whose genital covering was torn open and found to be a male should not perform chalitza because he's a saris vadai, a definite saris. Whereas his son Rabbi Yosef Rabbi said that a tumtum is only a suffix saris. The nafkamina between them is to disqualify the yavama for yibum, when there are other brothers, and to perform chalitza when there are no other brothers. According to Rabbi Yudu, who holds that he's a sris vadai, his act of chalitza has no validity, and she still may be taken in Yibum by the other brothers, whereas according to Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda, it may have a validity if he's not a sris chama. If there are no other brothers, Rabbi Yehuda says she does not require chalitza from him, whereas according to Rabbi Yosef 
Yehuda, she does since he might not be Asri's Chama. So once again, the farmer who uses pogo stick to jump up and graft a branch on a tree 44 days before Shaviz spotted a farmer spreading his vine over his tumtum neighbor's grain, who was distracted while being informed he should not perform chalitza. All right, now it's time for four blah blah chazara. Dafine Tess. So the simmer Dafine Tess is a pen and we often use a sofa with a quill. So here goes. The angry scribe scribe. That must be more Daf. Ein Tess. The angry scribe who lacked the merciful, bashful, and kind traits of a Jew and threw his quills at seven hanging corpses, which reminds us, the more explains the David decreed against the Nassim when he sought to appease them and they said they wanted him to give them seven of Shoal's sons to hang. David sought an alternative way to appease them, but they would not be appeased. David said, There are three simanim of this nation, referring to Bnei Yisrael, harachamanim, baishanim, v'gom lechosanim, for the merciful, bashful, and do acts of kindness, whoever is these three simanim is worthy to cleave to this nation through marriage. Rashi explains that since the givonim lacked rachamim, David decreed that they may not marry Jews. So the angry scribe who lacked the merciful, bashful, and kind traits of a Jew, and threw his quills at seven hanging corpses, had torn up multiple decrees that were made against his people, which reminds us, there were multiple decrees against the Nassim, Moshe decreed for that generation, Yeshua decreed while the temple stood, and David decreed against him for even after the destruction of the base of Migdash. So the angry scribe who lacked the merciful, bashful, and kind traits of a Jew, and threw his quills at seven hanging corpses, had torn up multiple decrees that were made against his people. When he overheard someone call his father Asris Chama moments before his death, which reminds us, Rav said that if only having a shalsa kosher, a period of suitability, does not create a need for chalitza, You'll never have a woman that is fit for Yibum. For there's no widow whose husband did not become a Suzchama for one moment prior to his death. The more answer is that there it's merely a weakness that has begun for him, not actual sterility. Daf Pei. So the simmer Daf Pei is a painter. So here goes. The painter, painter. That must be more on Daf Pei. The painter commissioned to produce artwork to celebrate the occasion of the child born in the eighth month, reaching his 20th birthday, which reminds us, according to Rabbi Avo, a child born in the eighth month of pregnancy, even if he's fully developed with hair and nails, we do not say that he's a Barkayama, a viable child, until he reaches the age of 20. The more questions whether a Ben Shmona can live, for it was taught in a brisa, Ben Shmona Haruka Evan, a child of the eighth month is treated like a stone and is forbidden to move him on Shabbos. The more answers Rabbi Avo was referring to a case where the child was a full-term seven-month fetus who developed simanim and lingered in the womb for an additional month. Even if he was born with the simanim of a viable child, such as with fully developed hair and nails, the child is not established as a barkayama until the age of 20. So the painter commissioned to produce artwork to celebrate the occasion of the child born in the eighth month, reaching his 20th birthday... Uses Sri's Chama and Island, his anatomy book, as a guide, which reminds us. The more brings a price that listed the very Simani for a Sri's Chama and an Islandese. So the painter commissioned to produce artwork to celebrate the occasion of the child born in the eighth month, reaching his 20th birthday, used his Sri's Chama and Island, his anatomy book, as a guide to paint a picture of a Saris with all the Simanim, which reminds us the more brings a Malchokas Amorim regarding the Simanim of a Saris. Rav Huna says a person is not considered a Saris, until he has all of the Simanim, but Rabbi Yochanan says, he's a Saris even if he has just one of them. Daf Payov, so the Simanim Daf Payov is a grandpa. So here goes. Grandpa, Grandpa, that must more enough pay off. 
Grandpa Cohen, who watches androgynous grandson, give his Basti's real wife Truma, which reminds us that in the next mission states, Rabbi Yosem and Rabbi Shimon say, androgynous Cohen, Shinasa Basti's real machil Truma, an androgynous Cohen, who's married to a Basti's real, entitles her to eat Truma. The more brings a Malchuk as a Marim. Rishakish said, Machil Batruma be'en Machil Bachaz Bashok. He entitles her to eat Truma, but not the breast and thigh of Kachin Kalim. But Rabbi Yochanan says, Af Machil Bachaz Bashok. He even entitles her to eat the Chaz Bashok. Rishakish holds that androgynous is a Safik Ish, Safik Ish, and therefore is only permitted to Truma, which is nowadays a Durabandan. Rabbi Yochanan holds that an androgynous is a Zachavadai, and therefore is even permitted to the Deraisa, Chaz Bashok. So, Grandpa Cohen, who watches androgynous grandson, give his Basi's real wife Truma, sat in his rocking chair munching figs from the mixture of round cakes of pressed Truma and Chulon figs, which reminds us, Rejokish runs from the case of a round cake of pressed figs of Truma that got mixed with other round cakes of figs that becomes Batal. Rush explains that if Truma nowadays were a Dorais, it would not become Batal, for items that are commonly counted when they are sold are considered a Davrachoshu, something of significance which the laws of Bittal do not apply to. Rav Yochan responded that he went in a brisa that a piece of tamechatas meat that became mixed with slices of tarachatas meat does become batal, which demonstrates that the rice of prohibited foods that are commonly counted when sold are subject to bittal. Rather, it's only items that are exclusively counted that are deemed the davachashuv and are not subject to bittal. So, Grandpa Cohen, who watches Androgynous' grandson give his Basi's real wife Truma, sat in his rocking chair munching figs from the mixture round cakes of pressed Truma and Chulun figs and laughed about the time he mixed a piece of chatas tamay meat with 100 pieces of taur chatas meat. Which reminds us of Yochan's case was where a piece of chatas tamay meat got mixed with 100 pieces of taur chatas meat, and it became batal. We see from here that the tamay slice of meat, even though it's commonly counted when it's sold, becomes batal. This contradicts Rishwakish's opinion that any item which is commonly counted is a davach hashem and is not batal. Rechia Braid Rav Huna defended Rishwakish's ruling by explaining the case as binimucha, where the piece of tamechatis meat dissolved. Therefore, it's no longer commonly counted and is subject to bittal. Daf pei base. So the simon daf pei base is peanut butter. So here goes. The boy who got peanut butter, peanut butter, that must be on daf pei base. The boy who got peanut butter all over two boxes of chuan and trumagrain that fell into two similar boxes, which reminds us that more questions whether Ryokan really holds truma nowadays is a derisa. Based on a price that taught that if two boxes of grain, chuan and truma, fell into two other boxes, one of chuan and one of truma, we can assume that the chuan fell into the chuan and the truma fell into the truma. And Ryokan says this law applies even if the chuan grain in the chulun box was not more than the truma in the sock container. Now, if Rabbi Yochanan holds that truma nowadays is a derisa, how can he not require rove to be mavato? Rabbi Yochanan answers that the brisa is the rabban who holds that truma nowadays is only the rabban, and his earlier statement was in accordance with Rabbi Yossi, who says that nowadays truma is a derisa. So the boy who got peanut butter over two boxes of chulun and truma grain that fell into two similar boxes decided to use his empty peanut butter jar to add a saw of liquid to a mikvah and then remove a saw, which reminds us the more acid. Rabbi Yochan really holds that rove is not required to be mavato other abundant iser. For it was taught in the Mishnah if a mikvah contains exactly 40 saw of water, one put in a saw of other liquids and then removed a saw of the mixture. The mikvah is still valid and it was said in the Rabbi Yochanan, this procedure of adding a saw of water and removing a saw may be repeated ad rubo up until the majority of the mikvah. Doesn't this mean that the majority of the mikvah water remained? And since Maim Shu'uvim, drawn water is only at the Rabbanim Sul for mikvah, this implies the Ryokan requires rove to be mavato other abundant iser. The Gemara answer is that what is meant is that we should not remove a majority of the mikvah water, but an equal amount of mikvah water is enough to be mavato the Rabbanim Psul. 
Alternatively, we could say that Rabbi Yochanan does require a robe, but in the case of the boxes of grain and chulin, we may rely on the leaning assumption that the chulin fell into the chulin and the truma fell into the truma. So the boy who got peanut butter all over two boxes of chulin and truma grain that fell into two similar boxes decided to use his empty peanut butter jar to add a saw of liquid to a mikvah and then remove a saw until he dropped and broken in fright when he saw an androgynous Marry a woman. Which reminds us, on Daf Pei Alf Amanam, Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Shlokin argued whether Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon hold that androgynous is a definite male or a suffix male. The Gemara challenges Rabbi Shlokin's opinion that he's a suffix male for the mission stated, androgynous no say. An androgynous marries a woman, which implies a And the Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon hold he's a definite male. The Gemara continues to challenge Rabbi Yochan's position as well. Alright, so that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.